Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, welcome to Life's a Pitch, BT Sports' new podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tony Evans, the Evening Standard columnist, and Dave Kidd of the Daily Mirror. It's true, you know, Thursday really is the new Wednesday. There's no more compelling tie this week than Liverpool's trip to Dortmund. Of course, we'll be looking at the Champions League and another tantalising Premier League weekend. We might even have bad news for a couple of managers. But first things first, Jurgen Klopp, man of the moment certainly, but Liverpool's man of destiny, Tony? Well, I think we, we have to wait and see, really. Um, you know, I don't think he's, he's torn up any trees. I don't think he's improved them too much this season, uh, not, not organised them particularly well. A couple of players have improved under him, Lovren. But um, in the summer, he'll have control over the players that come in which wasn't always true under Brendan Rodgers. So he'll be able to pick his own players and then we'll see what he can do with them. Now, you're going to be in Dortmund, Dave. What sort of welcome would await? It'll be a magnificent welcome, I'm sure. It's the return of the prodigal, isn't it? And he's uh, an immense figure in Dortmund. Um, it's very soon for him to be going back. You know, he's, he's not been gone very long at all, so it almost seems a little bit too soon. He probably almost, dreaded you know. this one, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think he wanted it. I mean, he was kind of sort of claiming that, that he did, but, but he, you know, he, he didn't. Um, that Manchester United and then Dortmund, to get those two draws, in the, you know, it's made the Europa League such an event on Merseyside. And, and, and as you said, within English football, we are looking forward to this game. I think most neutrals are looking forward to this game more than they are. PSG versus Manchester City even um, it's a, it'll be a tremendous occasion um, Klopp will be welcomed with open arms and then probably sent back with his tail between his legs when Dortmund win comfortably I would think Yeah, you know, undefeated this year Tony you know, we'll, a lot of the focus will inevitably be on the manager and the mentor mm-hmm. now Thomas Tuchel there's a guy who's changed the style much more possession based you know, he made the pilgrimage to Pep Guardiola at Barcelona mm-hmm. so he's doing it his own way isn't he Oh, yeah, yeah, they're very different sides to the team that, that, that plays under Klopp. I mean, I think, I think there, there was a sense that Klopp had outstayed as welcome there. You know, almost that um, shtick of girls, you know, in the dressing room, they weren't listening, they were, you know, sort of. So he'd come to a dead end there. And Tuchel's come in and he's, you know, he's re- revigorated the side, you know, and they're, they're a good side. 
What about them? You know, are they are they the sort of natural victims in all this? You know, you look at the players that they've got: Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, Gundogan, the sort of players who bigger clubs, well, nominally bigger yeah. clubs, will go for. That's what happened with Klopp, basically, wasn't it? He ended up losing too many players to Bayern Munich. It became too much of an uneven playing field, and I think for him and for the club, it was time to, to part ways. And the same could happen again this summer for Dortmund. I do think they are. I'd say there were probably six, seven clubs who are head and shoulders above anything in the Premier League at the moment in Europe, and Dortmund are one of those, even though they're in the Europa League because they obviously had a poor season last year. I think they, you'd put them certainly amongst the top eight in Europe. Um, but they've had to go through the Europa League this year. I expect them to win it. They're favourites to, to win it. Um, you never know with Liverpool. They have been maddeningly inconsistent under Klopp. That's it. You know, on, at their best under Klopp, they have been outstanding. You look at the Manchester City away game. I thought they were excellent against Southampton. United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Southampton, certainly, on a couple of occasions. And, and, and uh, that first leg against United, when it hadn't been for De Gea, they could have won 5 or 6 nil. It could have been an absolute embarrassment for Van Gaal and United. So... Um, it's almost a shame this has come, you know, at least one round too early. It'd be lovely. I mean, Liverpool could have could have progressed in this competition to semi the final and then played Dortmund. It would have been an even bigger occasion. Um, I, I, I just can't see them. I just can't see them doing it over mm. two legs. Mm. You know, we talked about and you talked about earlier on Klopp having the summer to put his stamp on things. Mm. The area that really intrigues me is up front. Now, I think we can say with some certainty that he doesn't fancy Benteke. Yeah. <laughs> what about Sturridge? Do you, think he, do you think he might go? Do you think he might cash in on him? Well, I think it's a possibility. I mean, Sturridge, the owners love Sturridge. Fenway Sports Group, you know, they absolutely adore him. They thought he was going to be the, the man who filled Steven Gerrard's shoes and become the iconic player in the club. And so he kind of has a free pass under Brendan Rodgers. He could, you know, almost, I, I don't want to play. Klopp's come in, he's like, you know, no, I'm not having this. And, you know, the, the, the owners have found a new object of their affection in Klopp. So he, he's frustrated by the way Sturridge is I mean he's the sort of fella who unless he's both physically and mentally at his peak you know struggles to play and he's got this idea that he's got um, some sort of hereditary genetic fast switch muscle problem as a result of him coming from a Caribbean background I mean he's referred to it as a Caribbean vibes and he's, 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 he's very if, if he feels he's not right then it's almost counterproductive putting him on the pitch because you know he gets you know, he gets upset, and you know, it's, it's you know, he's he's worried all the time. Mm. It happens a lot with you know forwards, quick forwards who you know are scared mm. of getting muscle injuries. It's symptomatic, though, Dave, of, of a broader issue about the modern footballer, isn't it? You know, if we if we take a look at Manchester City, who are obviously playing PSG in the Champions League, you've got Yaya Toure, who quite self-evidently doesn't want to be there. You know, he's got that wonderful agent, Dimitri Seluk, mm. you know, who's. You know, maybe carrying a few too many pounds to wear white trousers all the time. <laughs> very, very quotable, you know, tiresomely quotable. But how he's saying, well, Yaya's off. Do you think? I don't think, I don't think Yaya's got an awful lot of say in it because Pep Guardiola's turning up there every summer and he won't want Yaya there. Um, he ran him out of the new camp, didn't he? He certainly did, yeah. Um, mm. Yaya, to be fair, though, um, can still do extraordinary things yeah. and City, City will miss him. Um, in, in, in Paris um, I think the Arsenal game I remember when they, when they were beaten before Christmas he strolled through the game and, and <laughs> he actually looked appalling and then he pinged one into the top corner towards the end and set up a great finish um, he, he, he's an extraordinary talent um, with, with an extraordinary 
attitude to the game, <laughs> which is very different to, to what you what you would expect from a top pro. I think he's physically so so much you know so so dominating that when he wants to play, he looks like he's like it's, it's men against boys. He swats mm. people away and he drives through the midfield. But you know what? He doesn't bother going back. He doesn't look over his shoulder. He's he really is one. It, for someone so good, he's one of the worst sights in football <laughs> when he's, you know, in, in yeah. his doldrums. Well, he moves like a block of flats sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's a luxury player, isn't he? Not in the way mm. we normally expect to, to wear luxury players as maybe mm. a winger who does a few fancy tricks. He's, he is a luxury player in terms of he doesn't give you the, the, the full work rate and commitment that we expect from everyone now in this day and age, the way the game's gone mm. in terms of athleticism. He, he, he just doesn't put it in enough, but... He is still an extraordinary talent, and I'm sure he'll earn shed loads in China next season. Yeah, yeah. someone told me £600,000 a week, yeah. which actually, coincidentally, is the sort of sum that Ibrahimovic is looking <laughs> for to actually come to the Premier League. Would you pay him that? Well, yeah, I probably would. I probably would. I mean, that you know, I hate to talk about business. When it's you great with other people's money, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the knock-on effects, you know. I mean, it depends on the club he goes to. You know, I mean, you could imagine someone like West Ham going into the Olympic Stadium with the new television deal. You know, I mean, they're going to sell us out anyway in the short term. But he'd be a massive star. Think how many shirts he'd sell, and he'd give them that boost and put them on the you know the sort of the global scenes recognition. Um, you know, it, it, again, he's another one who has his moments where he looks as if he'd rather be somewhere else. But he is a fantastic talent, and when he's on his game, you know, he, he's, he's worth every penny. Um, it, it's a lot of money, but with this new television deal, we're going to see this. I mean, I, I, I think within three years, we're going to see the first million pounds a week footballer. I think I, I, I personally say Man United are the club that need him most. They need some stardust at that mm. club, and that's what that's what they're crying out for. And I do think, you know, despite being 34, I'm pretty sure he's 34, he, he still looks at the peak of his powers to me. He's a tremendous footballer. Mm. Um, he's got everything, and 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 it's 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 not so much just what he does on the field. It's just the charisma of the guy. United are a club in need of some charisma. He's, he's brilliant with us, isn't he? But brilliant yeah. with the media. You know, there's a great story in the build-up to the, this tie from Thiago um, Silva, where he's saying when they played together at AC Milan, Gattuso was getting on his nerves in a training session. So he waited until they were in the dressing room, flipped him up on his head, and dumped him in a rubbish bin. <laughs> now, that's the sort of you know media gold dust that we love, isn't it? Well, yeah. And it's also the sort of dominating presence in the, the you know, the dressing room, which makes people play. You know, I mean, you know, Sunes talked about Arsenal as a team of son-in-laws, and you know, and there's a lot of that going on in the Premier League at the moment. Well, you know what? If you've got someone like him in the dressing room, he'll put your head down the toilet and flush it. Then you know you, 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 you're going to put it. Maybe yeah, yeah, Tory needs him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd probably have him. But what, what about you're going to Paris as well, aren't you, Dave? So yeah. you've got a busy week. Uh, do you see PSG winning this one? I do. Yeah, I think they're a really good team now. I think we thought of them as a collection of individuals. Got an awful lot of South American players. And I think Blanc's done a good job there, actually, in moulding them into a proper European force. It's obviously the French league. They are, you know, such a huge fish in the in a small pond there. They win it so so easily. It's easy to sneer at them. But I thought against Chelsea, they looked a really good side. They beat Chelsea well. I thought um, it could have been more comfortable than it was. Chelsea didn't play badly either in those two games. I thought PSG looked a really good unit. Um, they they no longer look like that sort of Harlem Globetrotters. That that, that sort of mm. you know just basically a, a rich uh, a rich man's plaything anymore. They look a proper football team. I think they could they could go all the way this season. They're, they're, you know I'm, we all, we all would expect Barca or Bayern Munich to, to to win it, but I think PSG are capable of winning a knockout tournament. Mm. Would, what what about anyone. Barca Tony? Because you know they're playing Atletico. Mm. They've won their last six games against them. 
but obviously they lost El Clasico. Mm. Do we read much into that? Not really. I mean, I think that you know they'll be they'll be focused. I mean, they're, they're heading the league. They're going to win the league. Um, you know, obviously they like beating Real Madrid, but the, the, the performance wasn't a bit, you know sort of the greatest you've ever seen. I think they're, they're thinking they're winning the Champions League again, and um, you know. But I hope they get beaten every game they play. Hey, Barcelona, you know, <laughs> one of the worst clubs in the world. Real Madrid, you know, they're, they're obviously you know it's the evil empire. You know, it's a uh, Doctor Evil runs the show, and that's fine. But Barcelona, more than a club, they're all feely touchy. Well, no, they're, they're, they're horrible. You know, they're, they're one of the most rapacious clubs on the planet. So I hope they get beat. <laughs> I think they oh, might do as well. I think I think yeah. Atletico is a nightmare draw for them. Mm. Atletico have had the better of them at various points domestically over the last few years. I think they're, they're as capable as anyone of beating them over two legs. They really do. I haven't, haven't uh, Barcelona beaten them something like the last six times? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. Six in a row now, yeah, yeah. 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 But Atletico won, won, the, won the Spanish league a couple mm. of years ago. I mm. think I, I could see them overturning by Barca. What do you make, Dave, of, of Gareth Bale and his form? At, you know, he's a, sort of a, a difficult in-and-out type season, mm. but he seems to be coming into form now. Yeah, I, th- I think um, Bale, I've got a lot of admiration for Bale, because I think he's one of the few British players who've gone abroad and thought of it as a real long-term project. He wants to stay at Real Madrid. I think a lot of, a lot of um, British players have gone abroad and seen it as a one- or two-year thing, and then I'll get back to my comfort zone. Bale's never been like that. I think, he, I think he wants to stay there for the long term. His first season was outstanding. Um, since then, it's, it's, it's been more and more difficult. Um, obviously, under Benitez, it, you know, once Benitez left, there was a lot of stories that he might want to come back, but that's never come from Bale or his people. Mm. They've been quite convinced they want him to stay there. I think he would probably benefit in becoming the main man if Ronaldo does move elsewhere. Um, it almost feels like you know they don't fit perfectly into the same team when it comes to the biggest games. It's easy to, when they're showboating against Sporting Gijon or whoever, but when they're playing in big European games, I, I think Bale might benefit from being the main man and maybe that will happen next season. Mm. What about Bayern, Tony? You know, they've got a tie which they should quite easily win against Benfica. Mm. Does Pep Guardiola need to win the Champions League to leave Germany with his head held high? Well, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, given his records, I think uh, he, he walk away, you know, feeling pretty good about himself anyway. But, you know, Bayern, I, I mean, Bayern have been such a good side. And, they, you know, again, you know, says so they cruise through their own domestic league. But they've been caught short a little bit in Europe, at, you know, at the crucial moments. And I think he, he, he want to go to City. He really needs success in Europe, even more than, you know, Bayern have, you know, have record speaks for itself. But City needs success in Europe. I think he'd like to go clearly, he'd like to go out winning. But I, I just think that they're, they're going to fall a little bit short. I think they lack the they, they lack a little bit of oh, not it's 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 a, a difficult thing to say, but a little bit of fortitude in the big games, you know. And I think uh, the, the little bit defensively, you know, the, the best teams will pick them off. Who do you expect Pep to bring from Germany with him to City? Many players. Well, it's not easy to get players out of Bayern Munich, so there's plenty of players there you want to bring with him. Um, I think um, one, one thing that's been very interesting, I've seen it written and I've heard it myself, is that he's not especially keen on, on Joe Hart because he likes a, a sweeper-keeper. Mm. Mm. Um, there was talk of Neuer going there, he won't be able to get Neuer, but apparently Testagen is, is well, a real yeah, possibility. I, I, from I know a friend of a friend of yeah. Testagen, mm. you, know, you know, usual sort of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm told that that is pretty much a done yeah, deal. Yeah, mm. I think... I think that he certainly wants he wants a goalkeeper, you know, a sweeper keeper, as they say, someone who is better distribution than Hart. 
Hart's one of the best you know, shot stoppers in the world, but he's not that kind of goalkeeper. That's one very interesting one because Hart is, is loved at City, actually. Mm. Um, it was uproar when they were talking of, uh, of him possibly being sold a couple of years ago. Um, so that will that will be an interesting one. Right. And it also um, begs the question where he would go, wouldn't it, Dave? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Liverpool would be Liverpool would be would be an obvious option because yeah, Mignolet is not absolutely top mm. draw for me, even though I had an excellent game the other day. But um, I think um, I, I think he's going to do an awful. He needs an awful lot of surgery on that team. I think City, United, and Chelsea this summer mm. need an awful lot of surgery done. There's, there's no way in the Premier League for me we're going to just set the reset button this, this summer and things are going to go back to how they always were. It's not going to happen. Those teams aren't going to stroll through next season and be, and be, and be the top three. Uh, we're not going to get just an automatic return to how mm. things were. Uh, not just because of Leicester, because various other clubs like West Ham and Stoke are capable of filling in those positions. Mm. Well, I think the thing for Guardiola with, with, with Bayern Munich, there's still, even notwithstanding the Premier League television deal, one of those clubs you can't financially bully. And mm. if you buy a player off them, after you shake hands and check your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what about Chelsea? You know, you mentioned Chelsea. Now, eventually, we've got Antonio Conte there. Um, that to me smacks of Mourinho light, a bit of a gamble. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, so you, you, you talk to people about him and they say he's Mourinho without the brains or the charm. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, where's that going to end? But, um, you know, he, he's very, you know, he's, he's a very sort of r- rigorous tactician. You know, he has his players running drills all the time in training. You know, it's, um, you know, he prides himself on being able to change the team, the shape of the team during games. But that means that's the Italian mentality. Yeah, right? very much. They love doing that in Italy. The coaches and, um, and you know take great pride in it. Uh, but you know, it, it means you've got to have a group of players who buy into it, who trust what you do, and are ab- available, ab- able to adapt. And I'm not so sure that that, that happens at Chelsea. The other thing is. He's very confrontational, you know. He, he'd listen into other people's press conferences so he could pick up on what they say to, to have a go, you know. And it, 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 it strikes me it, it, it's going to be worse than under Mourinho. <laughs> We're rubbing our hands at that as, as newspaper men, definitely, um, <laughs> because we do miss Mourinho in terms of what you might yeah. say on a quiet Friday. Um, <laughs> and so we'll, we'll enjoy that with Conte. Um, I, I don't think he's a, a, a top draw manager in the way most Chelsea managers have been when they're, when they're brought in. Did, did well at Juventus, but you know Juventus are the preeminent force in Italian football. Mm. And he's got you know, some obvious problems to solve. Does he keep John Terry? Would you give him another year? I probably would, but I get the impression this is a guy who wants to stamp his authority on it, and therefore Terry will be out. And um, all the smoke signals are that he, there's been no U-turn. They've been talking for, for for probably months, Chelsea and Conte, and all the all this. Yeah, are, Feb- and Terry would February, have been isn't it? Terry since would February. have been discussed, and there is no indication whatsoever that they're going to go back on it. Um, I, I can see both sides of the argument with Terry. I, um, I, I, I think it's, it's not so much a footballing thing as a personality thing that he wants to stamp his own authority on it. Having said that, I don't think Terry was always the most um, vociferous in terms of getting out previous managers. There were other players there who, who, who were far more. You might think Terry was, was, was the uh, shop steward. He wasn't necessarily. Terry's always probably been more interested in... Looking after Terry, I think. Mm. I'd say if Conte, you know, whether he wants Terry or not, it goes higher than that. It's Abramovich. If mm. Abramovich wanted Terry to stay, he'd be staying. Mm. I don't think he does. Mm. What about Costa? Costa, well, I think they'd like, like him to stay. They'd like to, to build around him. You know, I mean, when he's, when he's on his game, you know, he's unplayable. Mm. Um, you know, he, be, between his injuries and his attitude this season, you know, we're very rarely seeing the best of him. But I think they'd certainly like to keep him in the short term. And he would suit the sort of game that Conte wants to play. 
so I think they will make efforts to him. But I mean, they've got so many holes to fill. I mean, that that, that Chelsea squad's been on balance for well, probably since Mourinho left left the first time. And you know, Abramovich went through this period of like they wanted to play entertaining football. They wanted to be like Barcelona, mm. and the squads have been. You know, the managers haven't always had the final say on it. The squads have been really unbalanced. And I think it's going to be the same this summer. Uh, Conte, to get a team to play in the Conte style, I don't see, yeah, don't see how we can get it over the people who are already there. But for me, they had the manager that, that they that they needed, that they wanted, was Ancelotti. Mm. They won the double in, in great style in Ancelotti's first season. That's, that was around the time when Abramovich was convinced he wanted them to be a, a Barcelona-style entertaining attacking side. And they were domestically. They played really, really well that season, scored 100-odd goals. Um, Ancelotti is not your stereotypical Italian sergeant major like Conti or Capello, who, who, who failed terribly with the England team when it came to tournaments. Um, I don't think that sort of hard-nosed Italian managers tend to have any success in, in English football. Don't particularly think Conti will, but we'll give him time. To, the, one, the, the one thing with Conti, though, is that he's coming in with expectations lower than any other Chelsea manager under the, under the Abramovich era. Mm. They're outside of the Champions League. I don't think there's necessarily going to be pressure on him to win the Premier League straight away. What about the theory that's out manager. there, Tony, that Carlo Ancelotti will maybe do one season, maybe mm. two seasons tops at Bayern mm. and end up replacing Arsene Wenger at Arsenal? Well, I mean, that'd be a good move for Arsenal. You know, he's, um, you know, I, I think I'm a huge fan of Ancelotti. You know, he said, you know, he's, a, I think he's a very good manager, but he's also, he's a brilliant person to deal with. You know, he's, a, he's fantastic, and he's at success everywhere he goes. Um, if if Arsenal are thinking about the succession. That'd be a good thing because they haven't until recently, um, and you know, and and they do risk the what's happened to United when Wenger goes filling the vacuum. Like United have struggled after Ferguson went, so I mean that'd be that'd be a very good move for Arsenal. I think, I think there'll be a vacuum though at Arsenal, whatever happens, because Wenger is such an all-powerful figure mm. at the club, and Ancelotti's certainly just a head coach. He's a very good one, and he's well liked, and he, and he has success, but he's not. Well, a manager in the well, way that Wenger or Ferguson were. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why it's, he, he, you know the mad thing is he worked better at Chelsea because he's, you know, he doesn't want final say on the players mm. particularly. He's happy to get yeah. people in and, and work with them. You know, he, he goes with the flow a little bit. Mm. You know, and you don't get many top class managers like that. He's a very but, modern. But Arsenal do need that galvanising force, don't they? You know, basically what we're seeing is the same old, same old. Arsenal, you know, they can beat Watford four 0 but mm. when they need to actually produce a performance, they shrivel. Yeah, and there's no way on earth they're going to string together seven results and win the league, as people seem to think they well, might. Well, they no must be favourites to lose at West Ham, mustn't they? Yeah, I mean, West Ham um, have got an incredible record against the top teams this season, including beating Arsenal comfortably on the first day of the season at the Emirates. So that's a tough one for them. They might pull something out there, but then they'll mess up against Palace or West Brom at home. That's what, that's what Arsenal do. If, they, if it suddenly starts to look a bit more likely, then they'll bottle it and lose. Well, interesting West Ham. Seen a lot of them this season, and they've been very good uh, against Palace uh, uh, at the weekend. There was just a little bit of lack of conviction there. You know, uh, in his program notes, Billich was talking about how oh, the games come too soon for us after the international break. You know, uh, we wish, you know, we, 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 you know, we would have preferred not to have no break and with our players away. And there was just a little bit of lack of belief about them, and um, which is the first time I'd seen it this season. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they get back against Arsenal, who, you know, <laughs> again the international break. Erzl was saying, you know, talking about, you know, they've the blown it themselves. It's all their own. That fans. went down well with Wenger, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> He's you know right what? Though, yeah, right, he, he is right. But the thing is, 
And if I was Wenger, I'd say to him, all right, well, go on, you, you show me on the pitch. You know, say it in the dressing room. Say to the say to mm. your teammates and go out and perform. Because you know what? For all this assist nonsense that we hear about him, <laughs> he, he, he has not been... He's not turned enough games. No. He's not won enough games for Arsenal. Uh, truly world-class players... Turn games, win them, score goals, vital goals, set up vital goals, and drag the, drag the side through. And he hasn't done that. It's interesting when you when you see him. Uh, it's shocked me all season. Is that how, how people let him have space in the midfield? No, no one gets tight to him. Do you let him have the ball? Mm. Well, it tells you an awful lot. You talked about belief uh, with West mm. Ham. What about Tottenham? You know that Liverpool game was really intense. Mm. Are they still got it in them to win the title? Well, only because I don't think Leicester are going to slip up at all. I'm convinced, I've been for quite a while, that Leicester are going to win the league and win it comfortably. I don't think Spurs are going to sort of implode, but I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to get a sniff because I think Leicester are going to close good, it out. Good enough to beat Man U, though? Spurs could beat Man U, certainly, yeah. They're a better, they're a better team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th I think Spurs could win the league next year, funny enough. Uh, you know, I, 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 if you're going to ask me who would win the league next season, it'd be Spurs. They're mm. the best team in terms of the overall quality. I just don't see Leicester bottling it this year. Leicester are then going to have to deal with European football next year and they're going to have to get a bigger squad and things are going to change there. But, like I say, I, things aren't going to go back to normal next year. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and Spurs could be the real beneficiaries of that. I, I think, you know, you, I don't think you can talk in terms of Spurs missing an opportunity here, but if you're going to look at it that way, it was all those draws in the early parts of the season where they weren't translating yeah. playing well into victories and you know I mean obviously Harry Kane went to an early spell where he wasn't scoring and he weren't getting a lot of goals uh, and I think that's where it is I, I don't think they're going to catch Leicester like Dave I think Leicester's mental toughness yeah, uh, surprised me well, the, the day they, they uh, lost with the last minute goal against Arsenal I left the Emirates that day and I was talking to people saying you know what Leicester are going to win the league yeah I did the same yeah mm. I thought I thought I left that game thinking Leicester were the more likely, likely yeah. title winners than Arsenal despite that what it looked like it was going to Arsenal were celebrating that they won the World Cup but it, yeah. it was interesting when the, as the Leicester players left you could see that they were physically shattered but they had you know the, the international break was coming they had two weeks off but there was like there was the heads held high there was like mm. yeah mm. we can play with these yeah. do you expect them obviously you know they've got a chance this weekend to influence the other end of the table you know, having mm. to play Sunderland but actually they you know they managed Alleluia to keep a clean sheet the first in 17 games against West Brom but you can see the pace of Vardy and, and Mares, the trickery, undoing that defence, can't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on you know, on, on the face of it, you know, this is a, a gimme for Leicester. You know, because Sunderland are not very good at all. Uh, you know, um, Sam's done a reasonable job in getting them more organised than they were. And um, but, but I suspect that had Benitez gone into um, Newcastle at the same time that uh, Allardyce went into Sunderland then Newcastle's have a chance of staying up. But I don't see, defensively, they're all over the place. And um, clean sheets against West Brom is one thing, but against Verdi and Mares. What about Rafa? You know, basically, it could be last rights for Newcastle this weekend. You know, they're playing at Southampton. Uh, he's not made a fantastic impact. They've got huge problems over the horizon. £70 million wage bill... There seems to be no planning for relegation, but it looks like they're going down, doesn't it? It was too late to call Benitez at that mm. point of the season. It was far too late. Um, the, the sort, of, sort of a bit of a myth still about a new boss bounce. It doesn't happen. It statistically, is not proven. But if, if a guy like Benitez is given enough time, he's a, he's a very good coach, and he can he, he could have turned it round if he'd got, gone in in December or January when the alarm bells were already clanging at St James's Park. But it's too late. It, it, it doesn't happen. I think um, there was. 
a stat when he was appointed that about 10 teams over the Premier League era had appointed in the bottom three had appointed a manager at that point and none of them had survived. Um, it, it, it's too late when, 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 a, when a club's in, when a, when a squad's in crisis like that. And they have, of course, spent, you know, they spent more money than anyone in Europe in January. They spent second only to Manchester City in the Premier League last yeah. summer. They spent an awful lot of money, but there's been years of, of mismanagement before that, which is costing them. Yeah. Now, Norwich, by contrast, they do seem to be a well-run club. Mm. They've, they've hit form at the right time, which is always yeah. key, that momentum um, boost. What about them? Uh, they've got Crystal Palace. You've seen Palace. Yeah. Are they ripe for an, another defeat? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I mean, they, they've since. I mean, Palace were fifth on on um, New Year's Day, and since then they've only taken three points. You know, it's um, there was a complete lack of confidence. You know, um, they, they sit too deep. You know, they invite teams in. They they, they leave too much space between the midfield and the defence. You know, it's a. Well, I, I think what's likely is at Sellers Park, which you know, even as the possibility of being called a relegation six-pointer, because you know, in theory, they could both be dragged back into it. But I, I, I see that being a draw. I think, um, I think, I think Purdue knows all he needs a point really, and I think uh, Norwich know the same. I think it'll be it'll be a bit sterile, and um, mm. I think everyone will be happy with the points. There are a few murmurs about Alan Pardew at the moment. No, which I can't see it happening that he, he would leave there in the short term because you know he's got a good relationship with Steve mm. Parrish. But it does beg the question about the managers who are going to come under pressure. So let's sort of wrap this up by talking about the people who might have some reason to fear the P45 coming through the letterbox. Who would you be saying are really under pressure? Well, the obvious one is Martinez. I mean, Martinez written this this morning just that, that he, he picks his chairman very well in his career and he's got a real sort of uncle and nephew relationship with both um, Dave Whelan and Bill Kenwright. He's, he's very good at praising those chairmen. Did the same and, and with have, Hugh Jenkins at Swansea. Yeah, and indeed, yeah, before that as well. Whereas when he was offered the village job while at Wigan, which was a clear sort of step up in, in terms of the size of the club, he said, no, thank you, don't fancy this bloke. Um, and he was absolutely right. He's very canny with that. But now, of course, the man who, who's calling the shot to Everton, Mashiri, the Iranian investor, he hasn't picked him. He hasn't got that same relationship, and the guy, if he and he does know a lot about football because he's had involvement with Arsenal, will know perfectly well that a team as good as that shouldn't be one point above Swansea or 15th. Mm, what I found most damning, Tony, was Leighton Baines has just come out and talked about a lack of chemistry in the dressing room, mm -hmm. which is code for saying this isn't working. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There's lots of that going on. You know, they're easy to play against Everton. They don't. They don't tackle. They don't foul people. Mm. You know, they, they 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 let you have the ball in areas where you know you, you want the ball. And I think he's he's under an awful lot of pressure. I think like Purdue, the FA Cup might save him. You know, um, clearly if if Everton um, get get through to the final, probably that'd be enough. Um, especially if they win it. You know, that'll be a massive cause for celebration. You know, the, the, the last time they won a trophy was the FA Cup in 95. So, you know, it's, um, there's a whole generation of Evertonians who've grown up without seeing any trophies. It's a shame, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Says the Liverpool. I don't, I, don't, I don't see them beating Man United or West Ham at Wembley. don't think they will. Mm. Anyone else we should be sort of waving a, a fond farewell to? 
Well, Pardew is an interesting one because he's, he's, he's the sort of streakiest manager around mm -hmm. at Newcastle and at Palace. They have amazing runs. They did at Newcastle. They, they, they would have an amazing season and then a very poor season. They'd have, they'd have a great half a season, a very poor half a season. Really long runs of either very bad or very good form with Pardew that you don't see from many other managers. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly why that is, but how you judge him is very difficult because mm. he, he is capable of putting together a 15-game unbeaten run and then a 15-game winless run. Yeah. Anyone else? Well, I mean, you, you do wonder about the uh, the bad marriage between Tony Pulis and Jeremy Pieces there, uh, mm. West Brom. You know, whether I mean they, they've kind of treaded water this year, and Pulis has greater ambitions. So you know, you wonder whether that's something that could, you know, especially with the there's a lot of money coming into the club, and obviously for everyone, and um, and Jeremy Pieces not the sort who likes to spend it. Well, trouble ahead then. Now, Roberto Martinez may be a nice guy but we all know where they finish, don't we? Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.